When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2217. Exercising to Attain a Perfect Body, a Futile Effort, by Nancy Clark of nancyclarkrd.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Hi there, and welcome to another Tuesday edition of Optimal Health Daily. This is one of many podcasts where we read to you from blogs for free so that you don't have to read them yourself, except on Fridays. That's where I usually answer your questions. Now to check out our other shows where we read articles to you, just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this. But with that, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. Exercising to Attain a Perfect Body, a Futile Effort by Nancy Clark of nancyclarkrd.com. Body size, looks, and weight are concerns for many athletes. Some athletes have to be light for a specific weight class, like rowing, wrestling, or mixed martial arts. Others want to be lighter because the culture surrounding their sport demands a svelte physique, like ballet, gymnastics, or figure skating. Some seek the optimal power-to-weight ratio, like in running, cycling, or cross-country skiing. Each sport comes with its own diet culture, and all too often, athletes end up unhappy with their weight, body fatness, and physiques. The standard solution? Exercise harder to shed pounds and attain the perfect body. The problem is, exercise is better known for helping to maintain fat loss than for contributing to fat loss itself. Reducing body fatness depends more on reducing food intake than on increasing exercise. As you likely know, the more you exercise, the hungrier you get, and the more you eat. If you are an already lean athlete who undereats, your body will protect itself from wasting away by conserving energy the rest of the day. That is, after a hard workout, you might subconsciously choose to do desk work instead of run errands. So now I pose this question to you. If exercise had no impact on your body weight or appearance, would you change how much you currently exercise? Performance versus image. Dedicated athletes will likely answer, no change. 
they follow a training program geared toward achieving a specific performance goal. Collegiate athletes at the Division I level have little choice in how much exercise they do. They have to perform, especially if they have a scholarship. Athletes in sports that demand bodies that are lighter in weight would likely encourage their athletes to eat a little less instead of increasing their cardio. Fitness exercisers might only perform workouts they truly enjoy. Compulsive exercisers with a high drive for thinness, which can include any of the athletes I mentioned, may want to take more rest days, stop getting up at 4.30 every morning to do a killer workout, or do fewer double workouts. But anxiety about getting fat would undoubtedly force them to relentlessly exercise hard day after day to burn off calories and quote-unquote look good. Is lighter better? Most athletes believe they will perform better if they drop a few pounds. While this may be true for someone who has excess fat to lose, the lose weight at any cost struggle is more likely to hurt performance than enhance it. Just how well do you actually perform when you're hungry and depleted? A study conducted in elite female swimmers indicated those who restricted calories during a 12-week training session ended up 10% slower in 12 weeks, while their well-fueled teammates improved by 8%. The food restriction did not even result in fat loss, despite eating about 700 calories less per day than their teammates. They averaged 22% body fat. The non-dieting swimmers averaged 19%. So how can that be? Fat loss is not mathematical. The 500-calorie-a-day reduction to lose one pound of fat per week belief has proven to be untrue. The body is complicated. Bodies are supposed to vary. They naturally come in different sizes and shapes. The problem with restricting food. Unfortunately, restricting food to be thinner at any cost, to hit a target weight or a desired look, will sooner or later come with the high price of poorer performance, injuries, or poor mental health. Restricting calories to sustain a weight that is too low means restricting the vitamins, minerals, proteins, carbs, and fats that you need to refuel, replenish, and restore your body. When you go on a diet, your bones also go on a diet and they lose density. After repeated weeks and months of malnutrition, the body will inevitably break down with stress fractures and overuse injuries taking a toll. Tips for compulsive exercisers. Compulsive exercisers push themselves day after day to burn off calories. No rest days allowed. Some compulsive exercisers assert they love their relentless exercise program. Yes, they may love the endorphins that contribute to the post-exercise high. They love when people compliment their leanness. They love the sense of accomplishment that comes from exercising for X number of days in a row and love the sense of control that comes from completing the killer workout. But do they love feeling driven to burn off calories? Do they love feeling hungry, tired, and easily irritated most of the time? Are their relationships suffering? If you are asking your body to exercise, you want to make sure it's adequately fueled. You should not feel dizzy, lightheaded, confused, or excessively fatigued at the start, middle, or end of a workout. That body should not be exercising it's in a bad place. Enjoyment should be the foundation of any exercise routine. Otherwise, you'll have trouble staying on track. When exercise is a should, not a want to, it becomes akin to punishment, particularly for those who believe they have to exercise to manage their weight. You could just as easily lose weight by eating less as opposed to exercising more. 
Note, you don't even have to exercise to lose weight. Patients in a hospital tend to lose weight and they're not exercising at all. If you find yourself exercising compulsively, please start paying attention to the thoughts and emotions that drive your movement. Look not at what you did, but why you did it. Did you depend on killer workouts to manipulate your emotions, reduce anxiety, and run away from loneliness? If yes, a sports psychologist could be helpful. Concluding thoughts. Weight is more than a matter of willpower. We all come in assorted sizes and shapes. No one size or shape is quote-unquote best. Is it time for a cultural change so we could focus more on athleticism and performance and less on body looks and weight? At the elite level, weight class or weight-centric athletes get stuck between a rock and a hard place. White-knuckling a restrictive diet comes with a high mental and physical cost. While the lighter athlete might be able to set personal records for a season or two because they had been training in a heavier body, unhappiness and injuries inevitably will take a toll if the athlete tries to maintain racing weight all year long. A registered dietitian, or RD, who specializes in sports nutrition can help athletes figure out appropriate weight goals and fueling strategies so they can reach their performance goals. The lightest athlete may not be the best or happiest athlete after all. You just listened to the post titled Exercising to Attain a Perfect Body, a Futile Effort by Nancy Clark of nancyclarkrd.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Today's author, Nancy, a fellow registered dietitian, mentioned that restricting calories to sustain a weight that's too low can also mean missing out on other nutrients like vitamins and minerals that you, of course, need to refuel and restore your body. And in fact, that's just what I found with a study I conducted. I mentioned this in my commentary yesterday, but basically, I randomly assigned people to one of two diets, a low-carb diet or a high-carb, high-fiber diet. I then followed them for a year to see which group lost the most weight. I found that those who were most able to stick to their assigned diets lost the most weight. So that means it didn't matter whether they were high-carb, high-fiber, or low-carb. Whether they liked the diet was most important. I found something else, though. When I looked at the quality of the diets, because both of them were so restrictive, I found that they both were missing some important vitamins and minerals. So like I said in yesterday's commentary, a balanced diet that can be followed over the long term may be the most effective when it comes 
to successful weight management. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber of the show. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.